0: Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not deafy and dilly. Don't go around willy-nilly. Seems to us kind of silly. Uncensored. Don't forget if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcast. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows like the Multiverse Fancast and Cinematic Adventures. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and if you guys have been listening to the show for any stretch of time, you know one thing about me is that if somebody is smarter than me, I will always try and pick their brain, no matter what. I don't care what the topic is. I don't care if it's something I know a lot about or something I know a little bit about. And today we're going to go more towards the stuff that I know a little about uh, trends. And with us via the Zoom studio studio from Elevate Fitness is Miss Daleen Higgins. Dalene, how are you today?
1: Very good. Very good.
0: Very good. I'm so excited to have you on. I'm really glad that you reached out because Facebook is one of the best things for podcasting that's ever been invented. And for you, you are a financial coach, correct?
1: Correct. Yep.
0: All right, so why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and how you kind of got to where you are now?
1: Okay, yeah. So I worked for 32 years in government and all of that was in law enforcement, substance about four years of that. But I started there, I put myself through college, I got an accounting degree and you know, wanting to stay in government because I had the really great pension benefit mm-hmm. with that, that trying to find a job with that could use my degree, so accounting, and then later I got my MBA, but still stay within law enforcement because for, like I said, four years I left and I went to just finance and it was a very different field and I was very bored and it's not the same type of feeling. And I love, you know, they say it's a brotherhood. Well, I was part of that brotherhood. So my last 15 years, I was fortunate enough to be able to go be a finance manager, for the sheriff's office, which ultimately meant I taught cops how to budget. So being able to take their knowledge of what they knew, right? So they know exactly what they need and then how to put that in a budget and how to work with that the entire year. And that was my job. So I did that for 15 years. So about age 35, I was like, oh, I have the option to retire as early as 48. And I say an option Because the minute I retired, I would take a 40% cut in bay. So I was like, okay, all right, you know. So I just started working really hard, you know, headed towards that. And I actually worked until I was 50. So at that age, I was just done. I was done with going to work every day, being on somebody else's timeline. I still loved my people. I still loved my job. I still loved what I was doing. But it was just like, nope, nope, I'm done. So I retired. And right before I retired, I was like, what am I going to do? You're 50. You have to find something, Something, you know. And so I was throwing all sorts of ideas around, trying to find something that I would enjoy, that would fit my new, quote, lifestyle, right? Because I still wanted to just have that really, the time freedom that comes with retirement, you know. And so I came across financial coaching, and I'm like, okay, you've just achieved your biggest financial dream. Why, you know, and so I just thought, I want to share this that excitement with others and help them achieve what it is, whatever it is they want. And maybe they don't want to retire early, but maybe they want to own. I have a client signing on for next month and she wants 100 doors, which means she a ha- 100 rentals by the time she's 50. So, you know, helping people achieve whatever that is. And so I jumped into the industry, started networking with other financial coaches and, you know, getting that support. I knew what I had done on my Um, you know, my own journey, what mistakes I made, what worked well for me, why the whole thing. So I'm like, I'm at the end of the journey, and I would love to help people go on their own. So elevate finances was born. And I have just been trying to reach people who feel like they need that. So I basically help them with their household finances. Mm -hmm. So your day to day spending. So that is how I'm different than a financial advisor is they help you with money to grow for the future. If you want more money or if you go meet with them and they're like, you don't have enough money, definitely get you a coach. There's somebody that can open that up, find some more money to send to your financial advisor so he can grow that for your future and whatever that looks like. So just a little bit about me, how I got started. And yeah, I target Gen Xers. So, you know, 43 to about 59, I think we are now Mm -hmm. just helping them are their final phase, right? Their final phase of their career, their journey to that retirement, whether they're, you know, whether they're going to need to or want to work until they're 62, 65 or beyond, just helping them wrap that up really nice, comfortably confident, simple, you know, get rid of all that those horrible feelings that I know a lot of people, you know, with finances deal with and, you know, they struggle because there's not a lot of education out there. So it's like, how do I do this? I got to figure it out on my own. And it's something that people don't talk about with, you know, their friends, their neighbors, their coworkers, it's very taboo, right? So that's, yeah. So that's where we come in as financial coaches and there's quite a few of us. It's a new, new, definitely a new field that's growing, but it's definitely needed. So
0: So it's funny because when you first reached out to me on Facebook, because I do a lot of promotion and and like I said, Facebook's a great tool to meet people that you don't normally meet. And now with Zoom and all those things, it's a lot easier. I I think I messaged you back saying how funny it was that you actually messaged us on the day that my wife and I were doing budgeting, like just sitting down and just chatting. And you know, they constantly say that finances are one of the biggest sources of stress for couples, especially like there's a lot of, you know, just insecurities. There's a lot of challenges talking about it. And then the other reason that I really wanted to talk to you is because you mentioned it not only just while you were speaking, but also in your first message, the taboo nature of finances. And like, I want to kind of discuss that with you. And why do you think money is considered taboo by so many people?
1: Well, we're not taught it. There's no formal education, right? Mm -hmm. So we do our best. And I think if we're trying to match uh, what we see out there, right, like we see this level of success, whatever we see that is, and if we're not there, I think we feel embarrassed or ashamed, or we get tied up in the fact that our value is also how much money we have, that that's our self worth. And so tying that to actually who we are makes it difficult to talk about. And saying, you know, instead of just, and I try to really promote to individuals and saying, we can talk about money. Let's talk about money without the numbers. Let's talk about where are you saving your money? I don't ask you how much you're saving, but I'm asking you, where are you saving it? Why are you saving it there? You know, and that's how you get exposure to, you know, CDs and to high yield savings accounts and to, you know, either a certain bank or a certain credit union. And so you start exploring those different, things with people. So leave out the numbers and just start talking about the process of money more generally. And I think that will open up the door for anybody and everybody.
0: See, so. I, I like that because a lot of times when you deal with banks and you deal with any, anything with finances, it's very, I don't want to say cutthroat, but it's very uh, logical. Like there's not a whole, they're not taking into account feelings or, or insecurities. Right. And I like how it seems more your goal is to kind of break down some of those barriers in a much more organic kind of way, instead of just like, if you want to work with us, you need to tell us all these things. Like I, I actually find that very refreshing. Cause when it comes to money, especially my dad worked at us bank for a long time, like he just, yeah. re- just retired. And I could not tell you what he did there because he's tried to explain <laughs> it to me more than once. And I just sit there my eyes gloss over, but he, you know, worked in banks his entire life. And when he was at work, he was very meticulous and very like, this is, this is the issue. How do we attack it from all every angle? So I like how having a conversation with money, just talking to you for 10 minutes, I already feel more comfortable talking about money to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you have a conversation in a group. If you do take a taboo route, you probably end up talking about sex and not money. Hmm. Right. And and to think of that, it's like, oh, wow. But money is used every single day of your life. Right. In every, you know, pretty much every area of your life, you rely on money. And so... Yeah, learning to disconnect from it as far as a worth and a self worth, I think is so important for people. But yet, they have all of these money beliefs that they've grown up with that they've seen that they've observed. So it's really interesting, like our money beliefs are created in our brain in the ages of three to seven. Mm -hmm. And so as I was learning this, I was like, why would that be so having had a child myself? thinking about a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, you think they're not listening or that they don't know much. And to a certain extent, right? Yeah. So we talk about money in front of them. You, your spouse, you, your friends or whatever. Oh man, did you know that bill came and I just don't know how we're going to make it. And this three-year-old, five-year-old is absorbing it. But yet in the same instance, if you have a 12, 13, 14-year-old and that bill comes in, you're not going to discuss it because they're going to hear it. Mm -hmm. So taking those beliefs of what we've heard, you know, kind of the feeling we had as a three-year-old, four-year-old, because we're so in tune at that age, that then we carry that forward. We're never taught to discuss any more money again. And so we go into life on our own. Oh man, I've got this bill and look how horrible this is. And I just... You know, this is wrong because I heard my parents say it was wrong for them. Right. And just, you know, all of those things, but unlearning the fact of, you know, there is no formal education. And what I love to tell people is you get to create what you want with your money, mm-hmm. you know, and losing that fact of you don't have to look like somebody else, which, you know, comes down to peer pressure, which I really see that, but also understanding the mechanics of family us as individuals, our beliefs, our feelings, and just trying to peel that away to really just, you know, absorbing it more, being comfortable with it, talking about it, and what fits for us. And that's how I did my journey. I literally was like, okay, age 35, I'm going to be ready by the time I'm 48 to retire. So I just started consuming, you know, blogs were huge back then. Oh, so yeah. reading a lot of blogs, few podcasts. So I listened to a few read some books. And I just learned what people were doing. You had your at that time, they were called frugal. Now they're called minimalists. You know, what are they doing? How are they doing things? Could I do that? Do I want to do that? And that's the thing, too. It's like, just learn from a whole bunch of different people and take from those things what you want to do, Mm -hmm. what feels good to you. And I think that's where we personalize it more without the shame and without the emotions than anything. So
0: yeah, I also feel that money and economics and all that stuff they're they're constantly evolving they're constantly changing money is very different than when like when i was younger and my parents were working like both all my parents are retired right now like and they joke they're like you know uh, i'm saying i don't know how i'm going to pay the mortgage this month they're like we always knew how to pay the mortgage. i was like your mortgage was 14 dollars and a bag of almonds like that was <laughs> buying a house yeah. in 1970 is very different than buying today and i think that's also the biggest frustration is when you talk to older generations, they tend to be like, well, this is what I dealt with, so you should be able – it's different. It's changing. It's constantly evolving. So I, I like that you kind of have this idea of making it easier for people to kind of digest and less, hey, I, I know what other people dealt with, but let's talk about what you do. What, how do you deal? So let's talk a little bit about what do you, what exactly is your role. So if I were to – let's say I'm 35 or 36 now, excuse me, married – you know, if I wanted to hire a financial coach and I I approached you as a new client, what would be the first kind of steps that we would start taking?
1: Well, if we start working together, we actually lay out all of your numbers. Mm -hmm. And typically people have never done this. And I ask you to put in everything, including like car repairs, medical, any of those expenses that people don't typically put in their monthly budget. So then we just look at it as a whole, and we just start digesting it piece by piece. So yes, there's the overall picture, and it gives us that income versus expenses. Sometimes we find a negative, sometimes we don't. But then I start digesting it piece by piece. Okay, we're going to get this out of here. We're going to get this out of here. And they start freaking out. I thought you wanted me to put that in there. And I'm like, yes, but I'm going to show you a different way to put it in here. And I'm going to show you a different way to approach that monthly budgeting. So instead of having the blinders on of what do we have to cover this month, you're thinking, what is my life going to be like? Yes, I have monthly bills. Yes, I have monthly spending. But next, that third piece is what do you want your life to be like? What do you anticipate will happen? And when I say what happens is if you do own a home, you do own a car, maybe you own rentals or some other things, you know, what's going to happen with those things? And start planning for that. And then, okay, you're 36. When do you want to retire? Have you thought about that? Do you know what that looks like? You know, and trying to balance the now with that future and just trying to, you know, feed it all correctly.
0: Yeah, I like that. So, what exactly makes financial coaching different than some other financial services? Because I know one thing you specifically told me before we got started was that you do not do any investing, that is not in your wheelhouse. Right. So, what right. makes you different? So-
1: then? A financial coach we help you manage your day-to-day spending Mm -hmm. we help you build a solid financial foundation that then you have the money stream that will go to your advisor so if you're wanting say you sit with a financial advisor and you worked with them what your ultimate number is when you retire you want it to be and they're like okay you've fallen short okay get you a coach let's peel back those layers as i was saying well we're going to lay it out And you need how much to reach that goal? Well, let's start looking at your numbers. Let's start building that foundation so that that can support what you truly want to reach with that financial advisor. So, you know, the day-to-day really mindset, I don't think a lot of financial advisors do that. Most financial advisors do not help you pay down debt or strategize debt or, you know, look at all those different options. I was actually referred a client from a financial advising firm because he was in debt, didn't know what to do and had tried other things a couple different times. So approached me and we were able to get moving on because they don't have that capacity to dig into the weeds, as I like to Mm -hmm. call them. I like to dig into the numbers. Let's see what's truly happening. Because typically people with a lot of debt are like, I just spend a lot. I just spend a lot. I'm like, you know, more times it's not. It's a it's a driver. I like to call a driver of debt. That is setting you for failure in the future. And so finding that true problem, then we can provide the solution. And so with this client, it was actually his rent. So his lease, there's no control over that, right? It right. continues to go up and then he stuck into it for a whole year. And now what am I supposed to do? You know? And so it's like, okay, you've got to look at other ideas, other plans, and trying to actually solve the problem instead of the quote, overspending because now he's struggling to provide for his three kids, cover gas, cover insurance, you know, doing all the things. And it's really just because of that lease payment. So, you know, scaling back, figure out what the true problem is so you can have a solid solution. So
0: see, I like that because for me, I like I said, I'm 36. I did not start budgeting until I was 30. I did not start sitting down and doing financial planning. And that was only because my wife and I got engaged at the time and we were like, all right, well. Here's the venue that we want. Here's how much we have. Like this is this and this like money from from this and that. And we were also buying our first house at the same time because why why not do two huge financial <laughs> uh, decisions at the same time? Yeah. But because yeah. th- you know that was my plan. I had a plan. I was like, all right, I'm gonna enga- I'm gonna propose to the girl of my dreams. I'm gonna marry the girl of my dreams, and we're gonna buy the house. That that's the, or I think it was buy the house, propose, marry. That was like all right, we got this. And then I sit down going, I don't know how I got this. I don't know how I'm going to do this under any circumstances. Because it's like you said, there is no education. Like, yeah. I, I, I know, like in high school nowadays, they teach more economics and consumer math and stuff like that. But for the most part, I did not grow up with anybody telling me, all right, well, here's what you do. And, you know, I knew how to balance a checkbook, shockingly, for my generation, because now yeah, good. nobody uses checkbooks anymore, which is a. You know, <laughs> the, they don't even know how to write their names anymore. Like they don't teach script, which is yes. just yes. mind boggling half the time. So for you though, what are some of the most common issues or misconceptions that you encounter when you start talking about people's relationship with money?
1: So typically it's the ideal in their head. So this one client I was talking about, he had, I have them do a money script kind of a quiz. Mm-hmm. And so the two scripts he had what, that were equal were fighting against each other. One was a scarcity, one was an abundance. And I'm like, this is really interesting. So as I started working with him more, I'm like, okay, so tell me about this. Tell me about this. Well, he basically was fighting in his head, idealistics from growing up expectations from, you know, his parents Mm. to his life, how he was living it. He'd recently divorced and his expectations. And so polarizing together, he was fighting against them, knowing that he wanted one or the other because either one was going to be fine for him, but they were just, you know, competing against each other. So trying to really help them discover who they are with their money and what, you know, I, I really like to teach that money is a tool. Mm -hmm. Money is not, Our driver, it doesn't, you know, tell us what to do, like, we need to reverse that and tell it what we want it to do. And so I love the analogy of a steering wheel. If you were in a car and driving down the road without a steering wheel, what's going to happen? You still have all of the other stuff. So you're going to be somewhat in control. That's the same thing as your money without a budget. You have no idea where you're going, have no idea where it is going. And how can you make any changes or corrections? you know, within that. So, you know, just trying to help people, first of all, get control of what they have, and then directing it, and digging deep into what their values are, what their beliefs are, what their desires are. I have found a lot of people do not know how to dream anymore. And, you know, I I always like, it is really sad. So I had one gal, and she's like, I just don't know what my goals are. I, I paid off my house, and I just don't know now. And I'm like, okay, we've got to bring that back. So I do that very importantly within my sessions. I just call it a dream session. And I help them break these boundaries down, you know, get them down, start dreaming. You know, your three-year-old, your four-year-old, they're like, hey, I'm going to be a movie star. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to be NFL, you know, quarterback. We need to get back to that. We need to get back to that and be creating these goals for our money that might seem so you know, far off in the distance that we won't ever reach them because we can, if we have them, I I remember, yeah, I remember my husband and I were like, okay, we're going to have recreational property. We're going to buy, you know, vehicles. We're going to have all of these things. And I'm like, there's no way, there's no way, you know, and we're just, we're working hard. We're trying to make ends meet all of those things that you do when you're very first married, first in your careers, trying to do all those things. And then all of a sudden, guess what? We did everything. We did everything we wanted
0: that's awesome and
1: i yeah and i only achieve i only you know that is because we set out to do it Mm -hmm. so if you don't set out to do it and even all of those dreams you'll never you know never will and so like this you know new client that i'm working with next month and you know 100 doors she has none but she wants 100 doors by the time she's 50 and she's got seven years to do it
0: wow
1: that's you know but yeah, so why not? Why are we not dreaming like that anymore and trying to achieve it? See, I like so that. she gets fifty. You know, so what? She gets fifty by the time she's fifty, or she gets one hundred and fifty by the time she's fifty. You just don't know.
0: See, I like that. You know, I I completely agree. I feel that people, especially nowadays, where with the the need of instant satisfaction, like the the desire that everything's got to happen like that, and sometimes it does. You have like you got have like a teenager who posts one video on TikTok, suddenly become a millionaire like it's possible it's totally possible and that's why like when i when i work with kids they always say well i'm going to be a a tiktok millionaire i go it's a lot of work like it's not like even that just like podcasting doing the editing and the, the social media like half the time i feel like my head's going to explode just with all that and i think that people nowadays they're so quick that if it doesn't happen right away they abandon the dream and they move on to the next one so i i like the idea of even in like my, my late thirties or when I get to my forties, like still dreaming big and still kind of like, Hey, you got goals, you got things, do them, like push for them. And who knows what can happen? Like, it's like you said, I like the idea that this, this client of yours wants a hundred doors, but even if she makes 50, that's still 50 more than she would have made.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. So for you, I, I, I love hearing success stories. That's like one of my favorite things. Do you have like one that comes to mind like a success story or a transformation from somebody that you've worked with something that just
1: gets you going yeah so i worked with a recently divorced she had been married 40 years she managed the money in the very beginning right and then kids happened obviously you know so her husband took over and then things changed became controlling whatever anyway so she came to work with me and she's like i just i'm a little bit she was scared Mm -hmm. but she had all of these ill feelings towards money because it had been serving her that way within her life within her marriage for the last I don't know how many years and so we start working together we start you know delving into all the numbers and revealing it back and she's like am I going to be okay I said you're saving two thousand dollars a month and she was like oh oh You know, and so that just that success and that was just in the very early workings with her Mm -hmm. to be able to realize that, okay, I've just lost, you know, my marriage of 40 years, struggles with obviously family outside of that that comes with divorce, but being able to help her with her money and find success within this new, right, this new piece that she has to manage that she has to take control of and doing all of the other feelings outside of it that, you know, we just start laying out the plan and I just simply walk everybody through it, you know, okay, you have this, you have this, and then we cover all of these other things. And she's like, am I going to be okay? And I'm like, you're saving $2,000 a month. And it was just astounding to her. I said, you're going to be fine. Let's just keep going. So oh, yeah, you know, she was, she was probably, You know, with that one, and then the other divorcee, younger, obviously, like helping him realize that he was really stuck in a scarcity mindset. So he was just spinning his wheels. He wasn't growing in any way, shape or form. And as we worked for the three months, him realizing that he could actually go after a promotion, inside his work or outside of his work was actually a possibility. And so sometimes people get so caught in that scarcity mindset that they don't realize some of those things that you and I might think, well, yeah, you can do that, you know, but they're just so stuck that that becomes a success for them. I, you know, I can go after these things. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. So
0: yeah, oh, that, that gave me uh, goosebumps, that, that especially that first story. Like, it's just it, that's wild. And even like when my wife and I sat down recently and we're doing budgeting at the end we're like, Huh, that's not too bad. Look at look at us And we were it was it's a yeah. proud moment and it's a small victory. But at the same time it's just it's so empowering when it when it finally happens and you're like, Hey, like hard work it pays off and you know, dreaming big and yeah. just being a little bit smarter sometimes and you know, especially when it comes to food. That that's our that's my kryptonite, Food food and wine. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta I'll spend a hundred dollars at this restaurant on just me. It's fine. No. But for me, that that's always been my, my downfall. So
1: yeah, yeah.
0: for you, though, uh, if any of our listeners are looking for, what are some practical tips, like something that somebody could do right now just to help out a little bit?
1: Oh, gosh. So the one thing that came to mind as you were saying, you know, my biggest one is this. I used to do that with my expenses. I would write down my expenses from the most expensive to the least expensive. Mm-hmm. And then I'd start reviewing them individually. Can I change this? And do I want to change this? Typically, your mortgage, you cannot, you know, that's typically your highest expense. So what I would do is I would find three expenses, and then I would just try and tackle it. Is is there a way I can be better about the things I'm doing? Do I want to change any of the things I'm doing? And just exploring every expense that way. Why I know some people, some people are like, but you can't, you shouldn't get into the little, you know, nitty gritty. But that is how I found being able to shift my money to what I truly wanted was by reviewing my expenses and saying, you know, I can make the shift, I can make this change, these other people are doing this, and that sounds like something I could do, you know, as I was learning from them. So, you know, the, the first step I'm going to give anybody because most everybody, like you said, sat down, went over it, and it wasn't that bad. Most people have never even done that. Mm-hmm. So start there everybody that comes to me and that's their very first time doing that they're like so am i really bad off and i'm like no look you're fine why don't i feel fine well you don't feel fine because you don't have any other management processes inside of that right so that's the second key is like looking at it and then creating that management flow instead of oh well my income comes here but my bills come out of here and i'm shuffling back and forth and all of the things it's like just make it more a calm flow and you will feel calm and you will feel like you can flow. And then, you know, identify three expenses that you want to make a change and you don't have to, you know, you, like with you, if you want to keep your food, keep your food. I bet you can find three other expenses, hmm. you know, and just working through it like that. It's like, okay, I really don't like spending this much on this. So I'm going to make a change there. And that's where you start pulling out what you truly value spending your money on.
0: I love so. that. That's awesome. Uh, again it's just it's it sounds so simple and people just get so into their heads about this topic myself included like i'll be the first one to admit i get uncomfortable talking about finance that was another reason that i was like i have to have her on the podcast because like i like being uncomfortable on podcasts it's my time to shine and i love tackling subjects that i may know nothing about or feel uncomfortable talking about so now for you you have elevate finances can if somebody wanted to like Find you guys, you guys, websites, social media. What, How would people be able to get in touch with you guys?
1: Yeah, yeah. So Instagram, elevate underscore finances. You can follow me there. I have a website, www.elevatefinances.us. That's really more practical about you know my packages and everything. Instagram, I share why I do the things I do or how I work with clients. And then I have my own podca- podcast as well called Wealthy After 40, And I just released episode 27, I think it was on Tuesday. So still fairly new.
0: Congratulations, Um, though. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been a great journey. I've loved it. And I love just, you know, doing this thing with myself or with – I do bring on guests, and we talk about different things. Impacting, you know, Gen Xers is what I'm targeting, but I think it's very helpful for anybody. One that's coming up is a salary negotiation and how Mm. to, you know – she, she targets women, but it's very beneficial for anybody that's struggling with how do I get a different salary? How do I do this in my job? What do I do? And she laid it out really so very well. And then the one I just released was, you know, the difference between financial coaches and financial advisors, and why you need both of them and just, you know, understanding how we fit two puzzle pieces together. To complete your journey as the third one for that success. So
0: awesome! I'm gonna have to give it a listen myself because you you already touched on points. I'm like, huh? I I could actually I can really enjoy listening to that. So we are ending the near uh, getting towards the end of our interview. So at the end of every interview, we do a round of rapid fire questions. I pick like four or five questions per guest, and I literally just lay them out and you answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you are are you alright with something like that?
1: Sure, let's do it. All right, so.
0: I picked four for you, all right? One book that everyone should read about finances.
1: Oh, gosh. Financial Freedom by Grant Sabier.
0: Financial free- See, I write these down, too, because, A, my wife is the biggest book lover, I'll go with, book lover in the world. She works at a library. She does all that stuff, so I always like getting more books for her, and also – it's always good to have more information, as I said.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, I loved his. There's several out there, but I love his. And I don't know if I said his last name right, but it's S A B I E R, so
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's that sounds right. I don't know. But anyway. All right. Next. What's one common financial mistake that people make?
1: Oh gosh. I know they they're tough. Um, they're tough. They are not saving, they are not saving their money in a high yield savings. Okay. All
0: right. I don't have to look in – I don't know what my savings is. I should probably look into that myself. <laughs> Best financial advice you've ever received?
1: That I've received. Gosh, what was it? I know you said off the top of my head. Take your time. I was just- trying to think of everything I've read. Motley Fool was one that I really followed a lot. You know, and I don't know if this was from him. When I read to – watch your retirement funds so because we have managed retirement funds within our government right and they were managing them we didn't have direct access for a financial advisor somebody said just follow the s p 500 and i did that for like the last seven years and the strides that it made in that seven years even though economy when i retired in may I think when they sold my money and I transferred to an IRA, my 401 to an IRA, I took like a twenty thousand dollar hit. Oh, it wow. was awful. But the best advice, and that was for investing, which I don't give, but that's something that I learned was to follow the S and P 500 and just pick one account because in those government ones, if you're having to manage multiple, then you're gonna it's gonna end up costing you more. So, got it.
0: All right, last one. What's one habit that contributes to your financial health? health? Budgeting. i had budgeting. a I had a feeling i see I, <laughs> I i do all these questions before the interview and i try and tailor them to who i'm talking to so it's not just like generic you know simple simple but it's funny because like as i'm doing the interview half the time i'm like oh i think i know the answer to this question now oh, i think I know. But oh i love it but yeah. i have been surprised so that that was fantastic and i know sometimes it's like all right off the top of your head you're like uh which is totally <laughs> fine because i am the exact same way but okay. that's actually going to wrap us up for today, It was a pleasure having you on. And make sure if you guys are listening, you check out Elevate Finances. We'll, uh, we'll link them on Instagram and all that stuff. So it's a little bit easier for you guys.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for having uh, for having some time for us. And we hope to have you on again soon.
1: Perfect. Be willing to.
0: All right. You take care. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Paul, and the Misfit Faction is looking for your help. We are trying to grow not only our network, but also grow our brands. And the best way to do that is if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast, maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while, maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you're not sure how to get started. If you go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys will get a month of free podcasting on us. That is a gift from us. So make sure if you guys are looking to start your own show, you reach out to us and go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction. Also, maybe you guys have your own online business or service. That you're always looking to grow, and advertising is a very big part of that. If you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys can get $100 worth of free advertising, again, as a thank you from us to you guys. That's sponsorship.podbean.com slash Misfit Faction. Wow, that was a fantastic interview. Uh, Daylene was really knowledgeable and just brought a lot of different things to the table. And especially when talking about something like money, where a lot of people have a, you know, just trouble. You know, it's a taboo topic for a lot of people. You know, between whether it's between spouses or significant others, family, this, that, or the other. Talking about finances is something that everybody should be doing, but not enough people are. In fact, after we uh, did. Finish the interview Delaney and I ended up talking for like another 10-15 minutes just between the two of us and it was really good and she's just very insightful so if you guys have questions for her make sure you guys look her up Go to her her resources. She's fantastic. So we want to thank her again for coming on to the show. And don't forget, if you guys want more of our content, super easy. You can go to our website, themisfitfaction.com. You'll find links to all of our shows, news, reviews, articles, and more. And obviously, we're on all the social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Just type in MF Uncensored or The Misfit Faction. Odds are you'll find some of our stuff. We want to thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time.